the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here is your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. How you doing? Welcome to Come Together San Diego. You know, uh, we, we have... Unusual shows often, and this is probably going to be, (laughs) I would say, among them. You've heard about the Song of Solomon, have you not? It's in Scripture. Well, this one, while the book is in Scripture, the actual phraseology that I'm using right now is not. You've heard about the Song of Solomon. Well, today we are going to present to you an impromptu Song of Esther, a Song of Esther. So I have my buddy, uh, Christiane Lawrence, guitar genius and songwriter, but also she does impromptu stuff, and we've done this for quite some time. And uh, so we're going to gather together and do this. Uh, I'm, we're going to walk you through this remarkable story of the found in the book of uh, Esther, where you have Mordecai, her uncle, and you have Esther, and you have King Asaharius, and the bad guy, the bad guy Haman, who, in, <laughs> who intended to take down God's kids. Well, if you look at what's going on right now in the United States of America, similar elements are coming to pass right now, and we are entrusting God to invoke similar responses from he, the Almighty God, tied to maybe a festival or a feast called Purim, or maybe even uh, a Passover time, which is not too far in advance from there. Christiane! Hi, Kaz. How are you? You know, I've been looking forward to this, and I know because you have been busy, everybody gets busy on things, and so you may not have had a chance to really pick up the guitar in, oh, I don't know, about four years. Something like that. Four days. <laughs> but, you know, you, you have an understanding of the story, as, as do I, and so I think what we will do, first I'm going to ask our listeners to be in prayer for this because this is a thing that God is going to orchestrate. Yes. And it's, as it comes together, it's going to be his miracles rather than anything that we have to offer. But I, as I oftentimes do in shows like this, I blow the shofar to begin things, mm-hmm. and then we will chat a little bit, and uh, then we will engage this story line, which is the song of Esther. What do you think about that, Christiane? I love it. One of my favorite books. I love the story, and it's it's very inspiring, not just because for such a time as this, I think that quote is so critical, but it's a little overused, if you will. But well, it's overused for people that aren't, aren't tying it to this right. this particular time frame or this particular story. Yeah, and this, but this story is is such a picture. The, the name of God is not mentioned once in this mm-hmm. book, mm-hmm. but yet you see God's fingerprints laden all yes. over the story and his timing. His timing is crazy. You know, some story. of my Hebrew friends, my Orthodox Hebrew friends, as they, they love this book as well as we mm-hmm. uh, Gentile Christians and, you know, the 
messianics as well all love this story. One of the things that my Orthodox friends say is that though the name of God is not invoked in this, Mm -hmm. as well probably the Song of Solomon, I believe, is also the case. But here's the deal. They say, and I agree with them, that it's not the fact that God's uh, name has to be invoked in there. God's kids have to do God's bidding and be obedient, and therefore God is seen through his kids' action. Yes. And so that's one of the things that God wants us to do in these days, though mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't look, where's God in the middle of these things? Where's God in the middle of these things? And God's smiling and saying, where are my kids in the middle of these things? Where are my kids? And and God was in their hearts. Absolutely. You know, the, the Spirit of the Lord was in the heart of Mordecai and Esther yes. in, in the time where there was no no uh, invocation of God. Yeah, well, they, but you, their actions prove this, absolutely. and the results of what happened to Haman right. uh, illustrated as well. My listening friend, I'm going to blow the shofar. Christiane and I are going to continue to give you a little update on what, what we're going to do throughout the entire two hours between now and uh, 7 o'clock Pacific time. It's going to be remarkable, and you're going to have to bear with us as we cut for breaks and things like that and come back. We'll try to do uh, string the story uh, uh, concurrently through here and other things I want to share with you that are tied to understanding God's truths. But before we do, guess what, Christiane? Do-do-do-do. <laughs> and uh, she brought her guitar. I have my harmonicas, and we'll, we'll see what we can do about this. So it's going to be remarkable one way or another. <laughs> one way or, or another. another. Okay. Here, she's ready to go. You can tell <laughs> my, my shofar listening friends. Here we go. You know, at the beginning, oftentimes when God wants to in, in, invoke his, uh, uh, his kids into action or listening or being prepared for his word or his arrival or things like that, uh, he, the, the shofar is blown. And it, it talks about in many places, blow the trumpet in Zion. Here we go. We're going to do this here, and then we're going to begin this. We call it, it the Song of Esther. Here we go. Oh, there you go, Christiane. What do you think? There we go. go. My my listening friend, here we go. We've got about five minutes left in this in this segment. Let me give you an overview of what we're going to be doing. Just start strumming something there. And what we're going to do here is we are going to uh, we are going to do some things musically, and I'm going to do some things instructionally as a teacher might. And we're going to see how God merges this together. You know, I think it's in First Corinthians. 14 or so, it says, when you all come together, every one of you has a psalm, they have a doctrine, they have a, uh, uh, a prophecy, a, a tongue, an interpretation of tongues, uh, other, like five elements there, when you all come together, so that everybody has a piece of the pie. And when you look at the, this book called Esther, it was not a one-person show, it was a number of people who all coalesced to make the story come to pass. So as we share about this Today, we're going to entrust you to not only prayerfully, but also invoke, take this as a confidence that you too can invoke God's uh, intervention in troubled times, and America herself can do the same. So, Christiane, what do you think God is telling you right now as we prepare to introduce (laughs) the... Dance with 
Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be dealing with the topic of uh, how to deal with challenges in the world that you are facing, and some of them may even indeed be life-threatening. In the United States of America and in other countries, we've got this... Words cannot describe how terrible uh, the, the COVID is, but also how people are abusing it for ulterior motives that are costing God's people and the citizens of this nation and other nations dearly. It cannot continue. And God, we're entrusting to intervene in this. So as we minister the book of Esther to you musically through today, we want you to have your faith bolstered and that the same God that uh, showed himself victorious in the land called Persia with a group of people called God's Chosen Kids, and you, my friend, are among God's Chosen Kids as well. He can do what he did then, today as well. And sometimes if we have our eyes not on him, we go, we're in deep, deep trouble. But if we have our eyes on him, we say, you did it before. Amen. And you're going to do it again. To the song of all songs. Behold, you have come over the hill upon the mountains For me you've run My beloved You've captured my heart You know my friends this is also the month called Adar and Adar what Christiane was singing about leaping and skipping over the hills one of the key characters in this month of Adar is called a doe or a hind set free and what God wants us to do, my friend, is we, he wants us to learn the lessons from this month, the 12th month in the Hebrew calendar, Adar, and similarly be as a doe set free. We're going to talk more about that when we dig into the book of Esther, when Christiane and Kaz come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Welcome back to what we're calling the Song of Esther. Christiane Lawrence is with me in the studio. We are going to render this. We are going to share some truths that we have discovered in this book because this is a time like this time that we are living in right now. There was oppression of God's kids. There was the threat of uh, annihilation of uh, godly values back then and here as well. And uh, we are going to teach you the value of trusting in the Creator to release his strategies and foil the plots of the enemy. Christiane, you know, uh, it's, it, it's funny. I was praying about this, uh, the book of Esther, and I got to thinking about there's un- un- uh, Uncle Mordecai, and then there's the, the beautiful... Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, the thank beautiful you, young lady. And I said, well, here we go. You Because my wife and I are the godparents of your son, uh-huh. you have become used to calling us uncle and aunt 
<laughs> and I said, well, you know, that's interesting. Well, maybe we continue the, the uncle component. You, you can call me uncle, except I'm going to be changing my name for the sake of this broadcast to Mordecai. Can I call you Uncle Mo? <laughs> uncle Mo. This is not, as long as it's not Uncle Curly. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you on a... <laughs> and, uh, and I'm just going to call you uh, niece, or I may, may call you Hadassah, or I may call you Esther. We'll see how that goes. But uh, let's set the stage for this. And my listening friend, we're going to try to musically give you an idea of the things that happened during those days and how the things that happened there will help allay the concerns that you have and as you place yourself right in the thick of this story. Mordecai. 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 So Esther was a beautiful young lady, you know, in this land called Persia, which is today's Iran. There was a kingdom, and within that kingdom was a king named Asherius. And it was uh, supervised oftentimes by the number two guy. And his name was Haman. Boo. Boo. Christiane is saying boo because when the Jews talk about uh, the story and Haman's name is mentioned, they always go, when you say Haman, they go. Boo. <laughs> so we might continue that throughout as well. But my listening friend, the, the challenges that uh, Hadessa, also known as Esther, faced uh, were similar to the ones that we faced, and there are older people that have been around and uh, seen God move in the past, so we can be a voice of reassurance. So, my listening friend, we're going to take on these characters and we'll see how this goes, and we will introduce Haman, the bad guy. <laughs> By the way, let me tell you just a little bit about Haman. Uh, Haman was... Uh, a member of a elite uh, priesthood of a different sort. You you know you have uh, you have people that are in, in in King David's day. You had the priestly order who were the priests, and all the rest of the twelve tribes uh, did what uh, they were supposed to do. Um, the the uh, the the guy whose name was Haman, was of a, 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 a tribe. Um, he was, I'm trying, Ag, 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 Agites. Or Agagite. Agagite. He was an Agagite. And uh, he uh, oversaw a group of people uh, the, that were tied to um, the, the tribes beneath him, and he was kind of the ruler over his tribes. And I'm oh, sorry. I- yeah, sure, Are go you going to go into the fact that um, Haman was a descendant of a, a, a people that the Lord specifically instructed Saul to destroy? Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly right. Um, but he didn't. And, and he didn't. And, you know, that history runs throughout the entire Bible. It runs not only in, in um, uh, with Saul... And when he was fighting uh, the uh, 
why did the Amalekites? The Amalekites, uh, and, and uh, it also happened uh, during the times of, of Joshua, uh, and also during other times as well when when uh, Moses was uh, and Joshua they were going towards the Promised Land. The Amalekites were the bad guys, and this is whom uh, Haman is really tied to. And the Bible says that God told uh, Moses and the children of Israel to slay them completely, take them out of the picture completely. And further down in history, you had uh, Saul fighting against the Amalekites as well. But here's what the Bible talks about as far as the Amalekite tribes, and, and that is that they fought dirty. You know, while other people had uh, battle approaches and they would fight soldier to so, so, uh, soldier to soldier. The Amalekites attacked from the rear, and they killed the children and the elderly. And I'll tell you what—that's God hates that. He hates that. We have the Geneva Convention in modern day times, but they would have violated that clearly back in the days. That's why God said, "You need to take these guys out because they don't fight fair." And one of the things that uh, God wants us to realize is the things that are going on against God's kids, the Judeo-Christians values and the Constitution of the United States. There are people that have evil intentions against us. Mm -hmm. And guess what, Christiane? They don't fight fair. They don't fight fair. So let's orchestrate this at this point, and then we'll introduce the two characters of Mordecai and Esther. They don't fight fair. They just don't care. They don't fight fair. They don't care how they do it. They'll just take you out. Don't fight fair. Mm, Beware, children. Beware for the children. Beware for the elderly. Because the guys who are coming against us are also coming against our children. And they don't fight fair. They don't fight fair. Go for the weak, go for the ones who can't run. Go for the ones who can't fight back, the ones who are dependent on others for help. They don't fight fair. Don't fight fair. Don't fight fair. Just don't care who they take down, who they hurt. friends, in the world, you're not always going to have a fair fight. And the only way to overcome consistently in an unfair fight against you is have a God who's bigger than they are. You know, Christiane, this reminds me of Elijah on Mount Carmel. And he says, 
choose this day whom you will serve. And that's the comment I think that God is making for us today. For us to choose whom we will serve. Are we going to serve the guys who do things? They fix elections. <laughs> they uh, cheat. They uh, are embracing abortion. And they're doing families. all different kinds of things. Are we going to embrace the one who is going to fight in our behalf? Because they don't fight fair. Don't fight fair. Just don't care who they destroy. Take down family. Take down the name you hold. They don't fight fair. My listening friend, I'm praying, and Christiane and I are praying that this ministers to you as we go on through here, as we take a story from Scripture and we orchestrate it for you and give you a picture of what God did back then because Scripture says in Ecclesiastes, what happened then will happen now and what will happen now will happen in the future because there's nothing new under the sun. And as God vanquished his enemies back in the days, so is he to vanquish his enemies, also our enemies, in these days. Because, ladies and gentlemen, they don't fight fair. Don't fight fair. Just don't care who they take down. Ladies and gentlemen, Christiane and I will be right back and we're going to introduce you to some people. A guy named Mordecai who is known by Hadassah or Esther as uncle and <laughs> and uh, whom he knows as Esther or his niece. We're going to share that story with you musically and in scripture when we come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Rob Stark, pastor of Lampladder Revival Center. There's a time and a season we're entering right now where the new wine is being released and we all get to drink of it. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. Actually, Kaz uh, exchanged seats with me right now. I'm a man of the tribe of Benjamin, and my name is Mordecai. Many in Persia under this kingship know that I'm a Jew, but they've allowed me to be involved in the government here, and I have taken that very seriously. But the number two guy, oh, what a challenge he is. His name is Haman. He doesn't like me very much. You know, he wanted to have 
everybody totally subservient to him. And when we were not subservient to him, he told the king that we were not being good servants of the king. And that is not true. I have been a faithful servant to the king, as this story will soon bear out. But before I go on, I want to introduce you to my beautiful niece. In some circles, she's known as Edessa. In other circles, she's known as Esther. Sometimes I just call her niece. Hello, niece. Hello, Uncle. How are you today? I am fine, thank you. You know, I am troubled with the things that are going on in this kingdom. Right now, we are, the Jews here are many, and we have flourished nicely. And the king, Asheharius, has allowed us into government, and we have been very helpful. But you have heard of a man who is against us. His name is... Boo, Haman. <laughs> His name is Haman. He, He's not very well liked around these parts, even with the guards, Uncle. Well, that is so true. But you know, he has an ulterior motive. He wants to make himself look good and every else, everyone else not. Mm. And sometimes he does that at the expense of others. And, niece, I'm very afraid what he is going to do against... Me and you. But what can be done about this, Uncle? My niece, we shall see. We shall see. Because there's a creator in the universe who is bigger than you and who's bigger than me. And we shall see. We shall see what's meant to be Here I am in the Here I am in the palace Oh, Uncle, I feel that I am so highly favored. The guard here has given me extra special treatments to do that the other women, the other young girls, have not been able to do. He seems to be favoring me so that I can be a a shoe-in for the, for the <laughs> king. But I know that you're anxious, as you have been anxious all along. I don't know what's to become. Nobody knows I'm a Jew. Nobody knows that you're a Jew. Let's watch and see what the Lord will do. And, niece, don't you know that you were born for such a time? What can it mean? How can it be? I'm but a girl, oh, little old me. How do we know? How can we see what the Lord has planned to be? Oh, for such a time as this. For such a time as this. My late, my friends, my... Fellow listeners to this broadcast, we've introduced Mordecai, <laughs> we've introduced Esther, who was created for such a time as this. We're going to continue the story when Christiane Lawrence, a.k.a. Esther, and Kaz, a.k.a. Uncle. 
uncle. Just Mom. call me uncle <laughs> when we come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on K-Praise. Well, Christiane Lawrence, my musician friend, and I are going to continue the song of Esther. And I'm going to reintroduce the character of Mordecai and Christiane as Esther. So, so Esther, I, I don't feel comfortable being in this place for long because I'm not really allowed to be here. Yes, Uncle. We must talk quickly. It, I know you, it's an awkward time for you. All of a sudden, I'm encouraging you to be among the women who are trying out to replace Queen Vashti. It's so exciting. All the girls are talking, and I just... But how, how could I possibly have a chance? Well, that is not for you to say. Who are you? You have been uh, given over for, to, for from a person to help you here. He's a person I, whom I know. His name is Haggai. I call him the helper. Yes, he has been a big help, Uncle. He has given me special treatments. He's done. He's taken me to, to rooms and spa treatments that the other girls have not <laughs> had a chance to go to. It's been so wonderful. Well, the other girls, uh, he told me that they have their own mindset on how they want to do this, and he cannot help them as much as he is able to help you because you are pliable in his hands. And so nice, Uncle. I want you to understand that I know him well enough to know that he is trusted and he is your helper. He's such a kind helper. Whenever I'm afraid, he comes to me and tells me not to fear that everything's going to be okay. While the other girls have their own preconceived notions about what to do, if you trust the helper, Esther, you will be just fine. And the helper will put you in a position where you can be activated to do what God is telling you to do. Helper guides me where I need to go. He guides me in what I need to say. When I don't think that I would know, he always makes a way. He always makes a way. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is how our story begins. Esther finds herself in a group of women who audition for the king to replace Queen Vashti. The king, Asherius, noticed Esther right away. And she didn't make some of the bungling mistakes that the other women did trying to show off and do things that he did not like. But he noted Esther from the very beginning. It 
is as though that she had been coached by some helper. Helper tells me where I need to go Makes a way for all the things that I see And when I'm feeling lost He makes a way for me My listening friend, we will continue this story because it gets better and better because while the enemy begins to realize that Mordecai has been disobedient to him but obedient to the king, he has ulterior motives. And we're going to find out what happens as we continue on Come Together. San Diego knows they're exactly what I need to do. It's always with me, always got This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos Poway, and K29CR Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, K-Praise. Come together, San Diego, with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to the story of Esther. My musician friend, Christiane Lawrence. Is playing the music, but she's also playing the part of Esther, and I am kind of diving in and out of the character of Mordecai, telling the story from his perspective, but also stepping back to teach you a little bit about the things that were going on back then. You know, Esther was a godly woman, and God placed her in a position of responsibility. And her concern was, what happens if I don't become the queen, number one, and number two, if I do become the queen and I have disfavor with him and he finds out that I am a Jew, for example, what could possibly happen? And Mordecai's comment to her was, God wants to deliver his people. He wants to deliver his people. But if you do not rise to the occasion, somebody else will take that mantle. So Esther, when you heard those words, what did you think about that? You had to to weigh the decision and then uh, make the decision. It it had to be a big decision. It was frightening. On one hand, I was fearful for my life, but then... I realize that this is not just about me. Yes. This is not just about what what pain I could go through if I were discovered to be a Jew. I have to think of my people. I have to think of the greater good. And and that's not to say that I'm I don't say that as some, you know, oh, I'm a hero in a sense. It's a very very grave uh thing to think about. It's a very grave thing to Put, have have on your shoulders. Yes, yes. You know, I'm going to step back here into, from, from history past to present day times 
And my listening friend, do you realize how many people in America today who are in positions of responsibility in government, like Mordecai and like Esther, as she became the queen, levels of governmental responsibility, who also have the opportunity to make a stand for godliness and God's kids. Esther had the opportunity to make that stand, but Mordecai reminded her that God could raise somebody else up. And my listening friend, in today's nation of America, it is time for God's kids to make their stand. And the sad thing is, if they don't, they may miss the opportunity for which they were born. And my listening friend, that not only applies to you in the grocery store or in a one-on-one situation in being able to, to give hope to other people, but it also speaks to the judicial system that's going on in America, the justices. They have the same choice that Esther had to make. And the different senators and the different congressmen and women and the leaders of the committees and the deep state individuals and the the people in government positions of law enforcement. All these people have an opportunity to save the people, save the Constitution, and save the Judeo-Christian values which are in threat and in great peril right now. Esther made a decision to put it on the line. In today's vernacular, the scripture that I'm reminded of is found in the book of the Revelation. And it's a decision to go all the way. You know, the scripture talks about they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Queen Esther made the decision to go all the way, whatever the cost, even unto death for the sake of fulfilling God's protective heart over his kids. My listening friends, hard to say what's going to happen in the earth today, but God wants us to make that decision right now as well. He wants us to make the decision that we will go all the way. If not me, then who? If not me, then you. All the way. Unto death. Unto the end of my life. If not me, then who? If not me, then you. It's not just sometimes a physical death that we experience. You know, Jesus says that we have to take up our cross and die. Yes. And there are things in life that we have to die to. There are things in our own life that we have to die to. And it's not um, a light thing at all. 
There are things that we, we hold on to because we know they're good and right, and we believe them to be what God God has for our life. But sometimes we we have we we encounter things that are out of our control, and it requires a dying to ourself, a dying to our own will, to the things that we um, think are supposed to be meant for us. Yes, and there's a scripture in the, this New Testament. It talks about consider him who suffered such great, such great contradictions of sinners against himself, lest we also falter in our own. And the truth of the matter is, God's Son, Jesus, took the pain of the final judgment away from us, Amen. took it on himself. But because we're his kids, we have to make his stand in and through our lives. That's a hard decision sometimes for people. And I believe, Esther, it was a very difficult decision for you. Not me, then who? If not me, then you. Make our choice. Take our stand for truth. For truth. For God can use the smallest things. Smallest things we bring to Him. Yes, God can use the smallest ones, the least of us, if we rise in Him. If not me, then who? If not me, then you. Take my stand, I will take my stand and go Well, we're going to fast forward this story of Esther, Mordecai, Asheharius, and Haman. Esther was chosen as the queen, and she was highly favored of the king. In the background, because Mordecai refused to have obeisance to the bad guy, Haman. <laughs> Haman purposed that not only Mordecai would die, but also all the Jews in Persia. That was a lot of Jews. Now, Esther now was queen. But the people did not know that she was a Jew. They knew that Mordecai was a Jew, and Haman could direct his ire against Mordecai, but also all the rest of the Jews. So Esther knew that she would be found out that she was a Jew, and she really feared for her life on one hand, but the other hand, she trusted the teaching of the helper to bring her to where she was. I hope you're getting the message here, my friend, on what God is doing with you and to you and through you in these challenging days ahead. 
We're going to spend a moment or two kind of examining the ire of Haman and the posture of Mordecai. One thing that happened is Haman needed to turn the king's heart away from Mordecai. So he said to the king that this Jew had disobeyed Haman and was a bad influence for the king. And he said, King, I would like to make an edict against anyone who is insolent or disobeys you that they be put to death by hanging. Now the king had no reason not to believe this evil Haman because he had served as the number two guy for a long time. And Haman orchestrated it so the bad guys seemed to be the Jews headed by Mordecai. He set the stage for evil to be credited against Mordecai and the Jews. And he beckoned the king to make a decree to kill those who were disobedient to the kingdom. And so the king gave Haman the ring, the ring to decree this rule, this law. And so he used the ring to decree that the Jews were to be slain because they disavowed the reverence to the throne. You better believe that the Jews in Persia became very anxious to realize their expected end. I wonder what that sounded like in the homes around Persia where the Jews came to the realization that they had been irreverently targeted. They did things in the government like saying, if you go to church, you will be punished. If you sing in church, you shall be punished. If you do not obey the rules for masking or six feet apart or all these other rules which are meant to bring you down, we will tell our government and you will be punished accordingly. Not only that, but we just don't like you because of the people you like to hang with. There was an edict propagated through the evil Haman. (laughs) And there's an edict happening in this nation today against God's kids that if we do things like go to church or praise and worship, we're not allowed to praise and worship, we could be punished and ultimately our Judeo-Christian values are taken away. Ultimately, the 
Constitution of the United States will be violated, but because of people that have a strong hand in government to disillusion the people in the kingdom. What does that remorse sound like back in Esther and Mordecai's day? And what does that sadness sound like with us today? sound familiar to you. It was a sound that was likely heard in Persia by the Jews as Haman threatened to hang them on the noose that he created for their demise. My friends, how does it feel when our very own Judeo-Christian precepts of this nation are being threatened? And our very constitution is being violated to say what it really was not meant to say for our own demise. My friends, God has a plan. And it began to unfold in the days of Mordecai and Esther as it is unfolding today. There is an edict against Judeo-Christian values today. There's an edict against our very own constitution. One nation under God. One nation under God. The thing is, when we have a constitution that invokes the power and presence of God, the enemy should really think twice about violating that oath that we made in our Constitution and before our God. Haman didn't realize 
what God was about ready to do through things that other people might say is happenstance, but was it all in God's plans as well? Because Mordecai, he was a very, very good guy. Mordecai was a very, very, very good guy. You know, there was a plot against the king that Mordecai found out about earlier on as he was in the government. And he made it known that there was a plot against the king way back then. And while Haman was planning to destroy Mordecai because of his disobedience, it became known that his disobedience was not really disobedience, but it was in reverence to the king. In the middle of the night, the king could not sleep. In the middle of the night, he could keep watching, gather the records. They'll put me to sleep. <laughs> in the middle of the night, he read on to discover. In the middle of the night, he read on to see that this man saved the king. God save the king Who is this man Mordecai What should be done for him Oh Haman what should be done for a man who has put his life on the line for the king Oh Haman oh what should be done for this man So ladies and gentlemen, here you have the story coming forth. Haman is in the presence of King Asaharius. Esther (laughs) has created a banquet and Haman thinks the king is asking him a question that is to elevate himself. Little did he know that the king was referring to trustworthy servant Mordecai. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, revelation that Haman had when he realized that the king wasn't talking about him. (laughs) Oh, but he was talking about the man whom Haman purposed to hang from the gallows. My listening friend, that's what God does when it's least expected, when there seems to be no solution, all of a sudden God provides a way. Christiane, a.k.a. Esther, and I are going to continue this story. And the good news that was about to happen on behalf of the Jews of the day and the, 
those in today's world who embrace the Judeo-Christian values. We will talk about that and how it foils the plans of the enemy when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. And welcome back, my friends, as we share this story of the book of Esther with Esther, Mordecai, and the bad guy, Haman. And, you know, it's an interesting story, and when you start to pick uh, how it looked really bad, Christiane, for the Jews, and as it looks really bad for Judeo-Christian principles mm-hmm. in America, America today, that uh, the people were in place, the players were in place for God to intervene mightily. Mm-hmm. And um, can you imagine uh, what was happening with Haman while he thought he was going to be the guy who was going to be paraded around and shown off that he was a, a faithful servant? He must have been smiling under his... Kind of reminds me of a, an election four years ago when somebody didn't even have a concession speech. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, you know, this this uh, this scenario can really play out in today's history, can't it, in yeah. America? Yeah, and, and it's, you know, it's it's for us, we're reading the story and we're going, wow, we know the end of the story. And you guys, you know, don't be scared. Don't be so afraid, you guys. But... We're, I think we're in this boat where there are so many of us that are either resorting to fear or just that uncertainty, um, seeking the face, the Lord's face in this season um, because we really don't know how our part's going to play out. But, yes. but at the same time, it's like God, God said, I, don't you see? Like, what have I done in the past? What have I done in, in your life in the past? And yes. can you trust me in this time? Yes. Even though things are uncertain. Well, the edict actually that King Asaharius signed into was anybody who was uh, abusing his kingdom or doing things to cause demise of his kingdom had to go. Mm -hmm. And because uh, Haman was very good at words and political presentations, he posed it so that the guys who didn't do those things— Right. were blamed for doing those things when he was a guy who was doing those things. Uh, does it kind of sound familiar, Wait doesn't it? Wait a minute. <laughs> Media, Facebook, Twitter, Haman? <laughs> what? Well, I, I think that's a real uh, story of encouragement to us uh, because we know that we have tried to be faithful with God and we've made mistakes and we've confessed our sins and we've turned from our wicked ways, many of us have, and but we still don't see the good conclusion. It still yeah, looks like it's yeah. hopeless. Mm-hmm. And God says, you got to stick with me. Right. And we keep waiting for the next thing. We keep yeah. waiting for the next thing. Just uh, in, in, in the teaching that you gave at Limitless Realms last week, you know, we had these dates. We looked at November 3rd. Um, yes. Yeah. We looked know, at the 6th. Uh, the December, during, yeah. the January yep. 6th, the January 20th. And we're yes. waiting and we're waiting. And now there's another date we're waiting on. And, and really what the Lord has been personally telling me that I've been trying to share with, with those close to me is, 
God's saying, don't look at these leaders. Don't look at these dates. Look at me. Keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. Just like, you know, the King Jehoshaphat story we all love. King Jehoshaphat was not praying the strategies of his army. He was praying to the Lord and just saying, Lord, we don't know what to do, but we're going to keep our eyes on you. Yes. One of the things that, as I taught that lesson, I want to share pieces of that right now, and maybe we can orchestrate it a little bit as well. But one of the things I realized, God wants us to go all the way with him. Remember when uh, Esther had the decision to make, she realized that it could cost her very life. Mm -hmm. But she realized that she was put there for such a time as this. And that allayed the anxiety of of her life. We as Christians know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And and, and uh, how God just, he, he wants us to be willing to give it all in order to get it all. And that's, that's a hard place for many Christians because a lot of people have just said, <clears throat> I'm using the Christian faith for my social gatherings. Mm-hmm. I'm using the Christian faith to just have uh, eternal life insurance. And that's as far as I want it to go. We're entering into times right now where we have to take God's word seriously, more seriously than ever before. And I'd like to share any thoughts on that, and I want to share a few yeah, things. Yeah, just with real quick too. I think there there are a lot of things. You know, Esther was was alone in the palace, but she wasn't alone because she had Mordecai to to guide her, and she had the helper, the helper. And I think in this in this time, I one thing that I've noticed very very distinctly in my life is that there have been many many hardships I've walked alone, many times that the Lord has specifically told me, Christiane, I want to, I want to be your helper, I want to be the one walking you through this. But in this season, for some reason, the Lord has given me a community that I've never really had before, and I think He it's it's a it's a message to all of us that He wants to tell us that. We are not alone, and he is strategically, in this very specific time, strategically putting people around us to build community in a way we've never known before, Kaz. Yes. In a way that we've never experienced. Even those of us that have had rely, you know, been able to rely on community in the past, there's something new that's happening that we've none of, none of us have ever experienced or seen before in, in a new level. And yes. it's exciting because we're not in this alone. We have each other, and he's he's brought brothers and sisters, he's brought us together, and yes. we have to embrace that. We have to embrace that. But also God gives us tools to be able to embrace mm-hmm. this. Right. He gives us areas where we can have comfort. And I was kind of going through Scripture. Sometimes when I begin a teaching, I give a number of Scriptures, and then God began to share with me some deeper truths about mm-hmm. these Scriptures as it relates to different levels of biblical truth. Mm-hmm. You know, we Christians, uh, we can embrace truth on many different levels. You know, ever see those movies where the lawyers go into the court and then a person who's the witness stands in in front of the witness box, and they place one hand on the holy Bibles mm-hmm. and on the holy Bible, and the other hand to the sky, and they say, and they're they're required to t- tell their name. And do you do you X Y Z person promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, mm-hmm. and nothing but the truth? So help you God. Yes, I I promise to tell the truth, one ca- a- aspect of the truth, mm-hmm. the whole truth. Second aspect of the truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's different levels of truth. And as I was considering that uh, allegiance that people do in, in a courtroom as a witness, I was thinking that applies in godly things as well. And, you know, where, where a person says, I'm, I'm going, I promise to tell the truth, you can tell the truth and it can be seeded with lies. Right. But you've still told the truth. 
And then I can say, I, I'm going to tell the whole truth. And so the module that you shared about the truth was all the whole truth. But beside that module was a module of a lie as well. And when you coupled the module of the truth with the module of the lie, it's still not the full truth. Right. But the final facet is, I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth. And the third facet is, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. So help me God is the uh, aspect that changes the rules. You know, a lot of people feel real comfortable telling partial truths. In fact, that is the enemy's ploy. Right. When he would, with, with, with Eve, uh, did God really say? Mm-hmm. You know, so what he does, he takes the truth and he blends within the truth right. a lie. And all of a sudden, if we are naive or if we're trusting of the ploys of the enemy, we're falling for it. And in what's going on in, in the world today, we are falling for the lies which have been blended with the truth. What God wants us to do is come to the place where it's nothing but the truth, so help us God. And if we invoke God in the equation, then he will embrace us and he will protect us. I'm going to give you one scripture here that relates to that, and you can perhaps minister this a little bit in music as we uh, go to a break soon. The scripture in Second Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, these other truths have value. You know, they have value, but God wants us to invoke him within this. Sometimes it's the truth that I just take, like a scripture or something like that, that I've used to help me out when I'm sick or help me out when I'm fearful. It's really to my own edification you know, uh, or when I need money or whatever it happens to be, or a spouse and I get into an argument and I go, God, give me a scripture that uh, exonerates me and puts the thumb on the other person. You know, I mean, in all honesty, we use those, the truth that that's in scripture and we use it to our own benefit. This third aspect of the truth really invokes God and it's to study to show yourself approved unto God. It's not showing yourself approved unto yourself. And so what God wants us to do right now is he wants us to study his word and be approved by God for the purpose of rightly dividing the word of truth. And my friends, that's where God wants us right now. He wants us to rightly divide the word of truth. And here we are in times where it's troublesome. Let's just admit it's very troublesome. And we don't know what to do or where to go. And sometimes people just invoke a scripture that they've used in the past past, but it really doesn't uh, invoke the presence of God as basically a scripture that they know that they can use for their own benefit. But God says in 2 Timothy 2, study to show yourself approved, a workman that does not need to be ashamed as you are approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly dividing the word of truth rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Oh, rightly dividing the word of truth. Kaz, you know the um, scripture came to mind, the scripture came to mind. Your word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. 
Your word is a light unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word, O oh Lord, brings me out of darkness and into your marvelous light. I was reminded of that verse. My friends, we're going to talk more about this. And we're going to use the last portion of this show to edify you and encourage you that while you think you're in troubled times, God's waiting for us to entrust Him for the solution and then watch and see what He can do. Christiane and I will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on KPraise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Hello, San Diego. This is Rick Sines from uh, Red Seal Ministries. I just bless you and ask you just to receive the love of the Lord at this time, uh, this open season we have in San Diego. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Come Together San Diego. We're trying to uh, allay some of your concerns and fears. You know, you can those concerns and fears that you have uh, could be global in nature. They could be national in nature. They could be local in nature. They could actually be local, local, as in your own personal life. And now Christiane and I were talking about this. And there's a lot of healing that needs to happen in the lives of we believers so that we can be equipped like God wants us to be to do what he wants us to do. And you had some interesting thoughts about that. Oh, gosh, there were so many things we talked about. (laughs) Well, but we we talked about uh, properly using the word of truth, you know, like uh, sometimes we use it for our own selfish purposes and things like that. When not only the world is aching, but also if we look at our own lives and things like that, Mm -hmm. there's need for godly intervention, but not selfishly for our sake, but for God's bigger truth. I think there's so much um, focus on what's going on outside, and you hear you hear this a lot, um, where all these mandates that are being put on us, you know, oh, you know, let's let's flatten the curve or this and that, let's close schools because you know, let's keep people home, let's keep people away from work, and I, I think a lot of us have heard this. Well, what about all these people that are, you know, people are yes, people are dying from COVID, which is a tragedy, but the the statistics that are showing that there are more deaths from suicide and yes. from, you know, more um, domestic abuse because yes. people are are stuck at home and yes. they, they don't know how to handle this. And so all these other, you know, distractions that are taking us away from the, the personal. And there's so much stuff going on. There's so much we can pray for on a corporate level for a country, and that's all good and that's wonderful. Pray for our president. Pray for our leadership. But we have to remember to come back home to the the communities the smaller the the you know like little old me yeah and it doesn't mean to focus on just me and to not think about anything else but it's it's kind of i feel like we need to remember that there are people that our lives our very lives are touching that yes. are hurting you know there's a scripture that i love and you'll, you'll it'll be brought to your mind when i share it too it says in, in the book of hebrews forsake not the assembling of yourselves mm-hmm. together yeah. as a manner of so of some is but edifying one another so much the more as you see the day of appro- uh, day approaching. The day approaching is the the coming of the Lord, and that's right. coming very soon, sooner than many might think, mm-hmm. because the 
the signs of the times are all there right now. They're, they're all there. So it's just a matter of us kids fulfilling what God's calling for us is. And um, we, have to, we have to just really get into the unity with one another. And that's one of the things that the enemy of our souls really wants to cause us to be disunified one with another. Distant. Distanced that's, from each that's other exactly and, right. and cover our faces so we can't communicate with expressions, keep us apart, keep us away from gatherings. And it's... It's, it's the opposite of faith building. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's, meant, it's intended to hurt us. And, and we talked about this um, during, the, during the break that, you know, all these verses that we hear, um, what the enemy has, has meant for evil, God has yes. used for good. And no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And it is exactly that, Kaz, because there's so much talk I'm hearing now. I'm, I'm listening to different sermons through podcasts, through YouTube videos. Yes. The enemy meant for the church to be shut down, but the church is using technology to its advantage, and it's not about um, the buildings anymore. And I'm, we're hearing so much of that. So many of us are, are hearing it's not about the buildings anymore. The church has, 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 has stepped left outside. The, building. the church <laughs> has left the building, yeah. And so it's amazing to see that, now so many more communities, there's, there's so much more access to the Word of God, to the sermons, to the teaching, to the encouragement that we all need. Yes. And it's, it's really encouraging if we, if we can notice that, if we can pay attention to that and see that. Sure. You know, instead of looking at the despair, because um, God is really doing something powerful. And it, again, we talked about this before the, the la- in the last segment. It's, it's about the community and the unity that he's, he's forming with those very people side by side to us. Yes. You know? One of the things, it, this is, you know, the, the enemy doesn't want us meeting together. I mm-hmm. don't think he's going to win that battle. No. Be, uh, he, he doesn't know Christians. Nope. I mean, a, a Christian just, you know, fellowship. We just yeah. love fellowshipping with one another. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a pulpit or it doesn't have to be a church environment. Yeah. And one of the things that they're trying to discourage is us meeting in our households with one another right. and things like that. But, you know, we're, we're believers and we know how to gravitate. You know, when, when uh, persecution was happening back in the day of the New Testament, early New Testament church, mm-hmm. when the persecutions were great, they figured out ways that they could sneak meetings. Right. You know, and, it, you, you know, the ichthus fish, yep. you know, it's kind of like a bow in one direction. Then somebody in the, would write in the dirt the, 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 in, with their finger the bow in the opposite direction, mm-hmm. and it formed a fish, which suggested that they were Christians and that they right. could they were— it was safe for them to meet with one another. Mm-hmm. And what God is doing right now, it, it may not be that, that particular sign, but there's a way that believers can get together. And because the enemy knows when we get together, uh, there's power. If one can Stay chase a 1,000, yeah. two can chase 10,000. So let's do this. Let's just kind of believe right now for this, for this segment mm-hmm. and, and pray and sing into this how God wants us to. The uh, Bible talks about that God takes the solitary uh, and puts them into families. Oh, I like and that. so what God wants us to do right now is to reach out to other people um, and to bring them into the family of God. God's got a, the, the biggest um, harvest planned right about now. But we, his kids, need to rise to that occasion. Perse- wherever there's persecution in, in God's prov- uh, provision, there's also... Uh, uh, God's salvation in the midst of it. Uh, and so the, with the persecutions and prosecutions that are going on in the Christian faith around the world right now, this is a signpost for many, including me, that uh, God is l- going to launch one of the greatest evangelical 
environments that the world has ever seen right about now. And one of the things that happened in the book of Esther is there was a Persia-wide salvation that went on there when they were faced with anxieties, Mm -hmm. thinking that they were going to be hanged by the noose. And all of a sudden, because uh, God had his way and was protecting his kids, all of a sudden the noose was used for the other guy Mm -hmm. and God's kids were set free. And what God wants us to do these days is to be set free for one another and unto him. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, Haman wanted wanted to build that. He built that as a, you know, as a tool to get rid of his enemy. And, he, you know, God turned it around, turned the tables. Yes, yes, yes. So start a song here and we'll continue the song and into the next segment as we close the show. But uh, I think this is really good right now for to allay some of the concerns that people have had. Get close with one another in these days of challenge, but also get close with your creator. And when you do that, it's a threefold chord that no one can break. It's the song of the redeemed rising from the African plain. It's the song of the forgiven drowning out the Amazon rain. The song of Asian believers filled with God's holy fire. It's every tribe, every tongue, every nation, love song born of a grateful choir. My friends, Christiana Lawrence, Christiana and Kaz, for the last segment, we shall be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And my friends, I'm back with Christiane Lawrence, and uh, we're here for the last segment of the show. We want to wind some things up here and leave the show with a great deal of hope and hopefulness for you, faith building. And there's no better way to do this than to remind ourselves that we are not in this alone and that God is not only in it with us, but he is going to empower us to go through it, not only for our benefit, but for the benefit of the people that are around us. And so we're excited to see what that might look like. And in order to do that fully, we have to acknowledge that it is not us, but it is he that reigns. What you got, Christiane? Rise above the four winds, caught up in the heavenly sound. Let praises echo from the towers of cathedrals to the faithful gathered underground. All the songs come from the dawn of creation, some were meant to persist. All the bells rung from a Children singing glory, glory, ha, 
Cause all the powers of darkness can't drown out a single word. You hear that? And all the powers of darkness tremble at what they've just heard. Cause all the powers of darkness can't drown out a single Well, my listening friends, this is the last segment of the show, and we just want to kind of wrap it up with something that will stir faith within you. A lot of people, because the times are challenging in their own lives, they don't see a solution, or in this nation, they don't see a solution to protect the Judeo-Christian values and the Constitution of the United States the way it seems to be going right now. Or as they take another step back and they look at the entire world, it looks like it's hopeless. It's hopeless. But if you serve the God from uh, the creation of the world and earlier and, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then you have to know that he's a God who rejoices in doing the miracles on behalf of his kids. And one of the things he does to foretell of these miracles forthcoming is he builds within his scripture, and within his character, feasts and festivals. And within these feast and festival times, it reminds us of God's intervention in those times and the things that he did back then he will do again in these days. Now, a lot of people just generalize those things and say he did those things back then, he can do it now. But I have a sense that he wants to be more specific about those times. He can certainly do this randomly. He can do those supernatural things that he did in the scripture but he also does them specific to his times and seasons and months and years and festivals. And my friend, we just shared with you a story uh, from the book of Esther that dealt with a feast or festival called Purim in a month called Adar and beyond. And we are in the month of Adar going to, which is the 12th month in the Hebrew calendar, coming into the first month from the Jewish perspective, the month of Nisan, which is the time where Passover happened and happens. And my friends, my, my uh, encouragement to you is this. While God will answer his uh, truths in the Bible at any given time that is absolutely necessary, you will, when you start to understand his character, he really rejoices in fulfilling his feasts and festivals and his days and his years. And we look at, in this 12th month of Adar, we look at the miracle that happened during the time frame of Purim and beyond, and that was where the enemy had evil purposes against God's kids, and God answered that in the midst of contrary times and seemingly impossible odds. God intervened, and God said, not on my watch. Well, fortunately, God's watch is all the time. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't sleep or slumber. That's right. And so what God wants to tell us to do right now as we are approaching the feast or festival of 
Purim in a similar way that he did that then on a similar way and on a similar day, what is to say that he wouldn't do that now? And as we look at the feasts and festivals, my friends, we know from a Christian perspective that the Feast of Passover, which is happening in this early spring, April, in April time frame, we know that that illustrates the uh, Passover lamb, and we know who the Passover lamb was and is. It's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jesus fulfilled the Passover. Jesus fulfilled the unleavened bread, which is the, the celebration that happens immediately thereafter. And he also uh, uh, fulfilled first fruits, which is the raising from the dead. He did all three of those things in their proper timing in the feast of Passover. And the church in the book of Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, when it was fully come, the church realized her fulfillment. So God fulfills his feasts and festivals, and he intervenes in miraculous ways. So the same God that fulfilled those feasts through Jesus and his church is the same God that desires to fulfill Purim with his people and his church through his Lord and Savior. So I have every confidence in these days of these troublesome days when the Haman kind of characters try to take away our privileges, that God is going to intervene because that's what he does. And when it looks to be hopeless, the Bible says he's the bearer of hope for us. Oh, great hope as an anchor is a great anchor to the law. His hope is an anchor. It's an anchor to the law. Your hope is an anchor to my soul. When my ship is tossed and turned by the waves, I will not be moved. Friends, I hope this program, though we introduce some challenging things, not dissimilar to the things that you are facing even now, we want to leave this program and with you the thought and expectation of God's hope. And the message that Mordecai gave to Esther, we give to you. And that is, who knows, but that you were created for such a time as this. And you were and you are. Let's see what God does through his mighty power. But let's see what he does through his mighty saints among whom you can be counted. My friends, good things coming. In the midst of challenging times, good things coming. Because God is faithful and true. He's faithful and true. As 
Christiane sings about this, and we go to the end of the show. We just want you to know it's been a pleasure for us to minister with you, to you, and to entrust God to intervene as he always does with his kids. If you just give him high accolades and worship and praise, he's there. My listening friend, thank you for joining us on Come Together San Diego. More wonderful things next week. I like to bring on people that whom God has given words and things, and uh, we give them some freedom to be able to share what God has given them. I try to stay out of the way as much as I can. But just know that God loves you, my friends, and God has big plans for you, but even more importantly, big plans through you. Have every hope, because God is the God of victory and miracles. Christiane, thank you for joining me on thank this show. Thank you so much, Kaz. My listening friend, what a joy to spend time with you. See you next week on Come Together San Diego. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker. And then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K-Praise.